and welcome to the New Day Podcast, where we talk about life and how to deal with what it's throwing at us. I'm Ian, a learning development nerd here in Salt Lake City, Utah, with passions about communication and sharing what I find on my road to Zen. With me as always... I'm Angela. I am a business owner, stay-at-home mom and grandma. I've had so many experiences and careers over the years, and I just love sharing my passion about it with others. We hope you're all had a (laughs) safe and wonderful holiday summer season. It is blistering temperatures around the country. Yes, it is. We want to also offer our thought for those of you that are our Canadian listeners. Mm -hmm. We have actually, they're our second largest group. Which is great. We love it. Of listeners. And I know especially the Western Mm-hmm. Parts of Canada are yeah. just suffering under wildfires oh, and, yeah. and the extreme heat. Just having 100 degrees in June for yeah. us is bad, but they're having it even worse. Oh, yeah. And, and they definitely don't have the resources there to handle that. So, it's, uh, so know that you're, you're in our thoughts for that. We also want to take a few minutes and say thank you again to Jerem for taking time out of his extremely busy schedule. Yes, Jerem, we loved having you here. To come and say hi to us, especially as he gets ready to head to California to support another runner of that California Ultramarathon. I cannot even imagine Death Valley. Death Valley in July. Middle of July, too. I still would rather do that in, say, like a fall or spring setting. Seems like a... Or winter. Maybe winter. <laughs> Although if you were going to climb Mount Whitney, that would... Yeah, uh, winter would that, that'd be a little deter lot. that a little bit. I didn't realize the highest and the lowest point were so close together. Uh-huh, so. Isn't that weird? This week, we are starting into talking a lot more about emotions as we kind of go through the rest of the summer. The, the topics that we're looking at yeah. very much are going to focus on our emotional response to things. Now, a couple of things caused this. A, some of our topics that we've talked about recently. Yep. Another part would be the emotions are very high mm-hmm. across the country, oh, very uh, much across so. the world, really. And it just seems to get more and more so every day. Something that you and I have specifically focused on and worked to adapt Mm -hmm. is our responses to things, especially when it comes to high emotion states. Yeah, for sure. Not an easy thing to do. No, but when you are starting to be more observant of your emotions and control it, that falls into the realm of emotional intelligence. Mm -hmm. This is a topic I think a lot of us have heard, maybe not fully understand what it incorporates yeah. Yeah. And I, I do believe everyone's heard the term or they've in some way encountered it, but not fully understood everything it encompasses. EQ is is what I hear it referred yeah, to. That's what I've EIQ is another one that I've seen over the years as well. I like EQ. Being a human, we we have our emotions, we have our base states, mm-hmm. we have those deep down seated emotions, especially when it comes to fight or flight reactions. Oh, for sure out of our amygdala. Uh-huh. I remember some of this from my psychology <laughs> big classes. Word, big word. It's very easy for us to be triggered into emotional responses, whether it is something we've seen, something we've experienced, something we've heard. Social media causes this to just instant. really blow up. Yeah. Can't even just pin it on social media. The internet in general, just the instant immediate response. Mm-hmm. We've all been there. We have had those immediate knee-jerk reactions. Now, emotional intelligence is not only the ability to see our emotions, mm-hmm. but to process them, alter them based on what we're doing. Yeah. There's something to be said for being able to step out of a moment when you're that knee-jerk reaction, when you're ready to react negatively, angry, however you want to react, and just 
stop for a second, pause and reflect just a tiny bit on what your response is going to be. Having that self-awareness, even if it's just for a second or even a fraction of a second, yeah, really can make the difference in how a situation plays out. Yeah, I like the self and social awareness of everything around you to kind of describe that. An additional benefit of emotional intelligence is that not only by understanding our own emotions, our responses, our thoughts, and being aware of them, it gives us somewhat of an ability to read others. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. To buffer how we are reacting to that. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> when I think about past relationships I've mm-hmm. had, or even with coworkers, relationships that I've had there, I mentioned it with like you and Chris. Mm-hmm. of it's very easy, especially with the closer we are to somebody, it feels like the more we are immediately to respond to something because we have built these precognitions in these, these Correct. pre-programmed responses of, I know how this is going to go. It, it's like, yeah, it's an, it's an instant. Like I know sometimes when I mean feedback to be genuine and authentic and helpful, if you're really close to somebody, it seems like criticism. And that you're attacking them and that it's really, really hard not to react when that happens. I know I do it and I know many other people do it. We all have these emotional IQs, these emotional intelligence settings, Mm -hmm. if you will, pre-programmed into us. One of the researchers that if you look up anything about emotional intelligence, he'll probably be either the first or second person that pops up, Dan Goleman. Now, I first encountered Dan through my 10% Happier podcast. He's okay. He's been repetitive guest, and part of it is because he has built meditation into his practice. Okay. He is probably one of the most well-known because he actually wrote a book called Emotional Intelligence. Yes, and I actually remember coming across it back when we were doing, uh, I think it was giving and receiving feedback when we did that topic. He does come up in every search, and I highly recommend people check him out. He has a lot of TED Talks out there. He has many podcasts that he's been on. It's real interesting to go in and listen to his research. If you get a chance, his book, Emotional Intelligence, really is worth a read as well. He talks about emotional intelligence really having four components to it. The first is self-awareness, being yep. aware of what we're feeling and why we are feeling it. Yep. The second part is self-management, so taking control of mm-hmm. that response and reaction and how you're dealing with it. Third part is empathy, Mm -hmm. understanding how others might be feeling, why they might be feeling it, and then social skills, how to kind of bring both sides of that together Mm -hmm. and function. I think that's one of the most crucial and one of the most difficult parts is to reconcile what you're feeling with what others. Mm -hmm. Having the dynamics of being able to work between that is kind of the penultimate part of his research. This is coming from a communications guy, is actually one of the most sought after skill sets, especially when it comes to people leaders. Well, it can play into every aspect of your life. I don't even think it's career oriented. I think it can just be generally relationships, too. You you think about Employers Day, you go through a multiple tiered interview process usually. Mm -hmm. Why do you think they do that? I would guess to gauge your reaction to certain situations and certain things and to see how you handle certain situations. I actually just conducted my first interview of a new team member, and it was kind of interesting to hear her feedback on the different (laughs) processes and the different types of interviewing that was done. Mine was very much a checking, what's your mindset? How do you react to things? In training, one of the biggest things I think about is, how are you going to react to difficult 
learners. Yeah. Learners that <laughs> try to either monopolize the classroom. Those ones I always struggle with because it's like, okay, I get it. You think you're an expert on everything. Take a step back and maybe I learn something that's really hard. Appreciate what you're sharing, but let's also let others engage. Mm-hmm. Learners that just shut down completely. Yeah. Yeah. Or offer zero feedback. Those are my two biggest struggles in a classroom <laughs> always. Struggles. Because you don't know are you getting through or not. And it becomes very difficult to gauge. Yeah. One thing I always look for in somebody that is going to be in training, how can you work around that? That's a lot of the behavioral it's questions true. that I ask is, okay, yeah. give me an example of how you would handle this. Yeah. And, and I think that's necessary. Gets their head in the right space. I'll take that back a step. I work with teens. I employ teens. They literally only see things from their point of view. There is zero looking outside themselves. Let's say they need time off and they want time off over holiday. I just can't work any holidays. And I will say to them, you understand that I have 29 other employees and they all want holidays off too. So how can we make this fair so that they get holidays off and you get holidays off? You come back to me with a solution and we can talk about it. They do not like that. Because uh, all I, they see is themselves. I have a coworker that had has to, <laughs> had a coworker. As soon as the calendar opened for the next year PTO, mm-hmm. want to guess who requested every holiday yep. off? Well, and that's why we had to come up with the policy of we rotate them. Mm-hmm. Had the last one off, you don't get the next one. To be fair, but these my point with this was our teens who we are very hard core trying to teach them to look outside themselves, even when dealing with difficult customers. While that situation might not have upset you, it upset that customer. So you've got to have some empathy. You've got to look at things from a different point of view. It's a really hard thing to teach. And it just, I feel like it could be used in your everyday life almost daily, all day. Now for teens and even younger, Dan's research, there's a lot of other researchers out there and he gives a lot of credit to others that built the underlining mm-hmm. neuroscience research that's gone into this behavioral, especially. There's curriculums that are being developed for children. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Being taught actively in schools. He references, I want to say feelings circle. Okay. And it's something that going back and thinking through what I experienced in school we never talked about our feelings gen xers we never had that this is how i'm feeling this is what i'm feeling (laughs) gen x's suck it up (laughs) and especially even you you go older generations Mm -hmm. then right the the boomers people give millennials a lot of grief for having things like that a lot of that has developed because we are looking to build emotional intelligence, mm-hmm. the, the ability to understand what we're feeling, why we're feeling it, how we're feeling it, how we're reacting to it, and integrating it with others. When you think about kids that are being taught this, mm-hmm. I saw something recently where a parent had posted something about she was teaching her child that it's okay to say no. If somebody walks over and wants to play with your toy that you brought to school, it is okay. To it, say it's no. okay for you to say no. <laughs> First, there were parents, I can't believe you said that. Yeah. The, the sharing is caring <laughs> to a degree. Yes. If the child wants to play with their toy, right. it was kind of an interesting yeah, I've explanation that parents, those, yeah, those analogies and arguments are offering out there. Now, it's one thing to also just say no, but offering, right. you know, no, I would like to play with this right, right. now. Kind of going a little bit deeper. Emotions, we tend to just read the surface level. Absolutely. Don't really dig deeper into things. I think back to not only as a child, but as I've gone through my career path, one of of the most meaningful moments for me, it was kind of my breakthrough aha moment when emotional intelligence really became a thing to me, is a child being a oldest child that helped raise my siblings. Mm -hmm. I was the same. 
going through, especially with my mom working two jobs. So I, I was the ad hoc parent. Mm-hmm. It made me very angry uh, about a lot of things. I was very quick to anger as an adult and even getting into, I'd say 10 years ago, mm-hmm. I, I would have knee jerk reactions. When it came to work, I was a, I'm a self-admitted, get it done <laughs> checklist yep. person. I was more concerned with getting it done. Correct. Than the means. And that's, I think we all go through a phase in our life where that's true. You look at the industry I work in software. What do you tend to think of when you hear like software engineers? Uh, Nerds, people who sit behind a desk all day and don't do anything but research and develop. And that's what I think of. They're not well known for their social skills. No, that's what I'm saying. Sit behind a computer or not. (laughs) They... I there there was one I was having a conversation. It's like the stereotypical mental image where I was explaining to him something a customer had said, you know, hey, this would make my life easier if it worked this way instead of this way. Now, the way it was being done, did it work? Sure, yeah. it worked as designed. But what the customer was talking was how it would make it easier. OK, and, and you could get more information out of it. I explained it to the software engineer and he looked at me and goes, well, it's working. Yeah, uh, two different. Okay, uh, agreed. It is working, but they're explaining how we could make it better, easier. What the customer felt, how Mm -hmm. they felt, especially because this was a customer coming over to a new software, was perfectly valid. And and this guy was totally discounting (laughs) how this person felt. And this person's going to be using this day in and day out. Now, as an engineer, does it work? Yes or no? Okay. Sure, I get it. My former employer, there was many people that I would talk to, and I I would be curious because I know we do have a lot of folks in software that do listen to this. Uh What is your work environment like? Is it it the typical, (laughs) well, it works? Yeah, that seems to be kind of normal in a lot of professions. Honestly, I wouldn't just just say to computer engineers or software engineers. I, I would be super curious because I now work for a company where if something doesn't work, they have kind of the... I don't necessarily want to say radical candor view of, <laughs> but they they very much are like, okay, how could this be better? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tell me about that. What, what process would you like to see? It's very much a 180 from what I was used to seeing. <laughs> and, and that's the way to handle that. You say, okay, you know what? To me, it's working, but clearly I didn't see that. And maybe we could figure out something that works for everybody. I mean, there's definitely ways around it, but what, I understand what you were saying. I think back to, I applied for a promotion at that said yeah. company, right? Uh-huh. I was up for this promotion. I've shared the story before. I got the the feedback from the interview when I, when I asked for it. I was like, okay, why didn't I get this promotion? Right. The feedback from the, it was two levels up on manager. He goes, you are very good at getting the job done. He's like, I have no qualms, but nobody will ever fault you for how you get the job done. You get it done. He goes, but the how I need to dig a little bit deeper. He goes, you, you come across somewhat abrasive oh. because it's get it done. Oh, Check okay. it off. Yeah. He's like, you, you're not working with your internal customers as <laughs> well as we think you should. Okay. So his feedback to me was kind of check your tone. Yeah. How you're saying things. Mm-hmm. He goes, well, yes, I understand you're, you're just, hey, let's get it done. Like, you know, and <laughs> yeah. part of it was I only had a week to get something done. Right. And if I leave, go off site, it becomes somebody else's problem. And I hate to make something somebody else's problem. Mm-hmm. But my tone and how I was projecting myself, if somebody didn't do something, mm-hmm. 
well, I'll put your manager on there. I'll just <laughs> we've we've all been guilty of that. And sometimes legitimately, that is what you have to do to get something done. Absolutely. One thing I find that I do a lot more is help me understand. And that's important. Um, talking to people, feeling them out and just helping see their point of view really can help you learn how to respond to different differing points of view, which is a part of emotional intelligence. So that that was kind of my first like, oh, yeah. and, and I, I really had, <laughs> had those moments. I got that feedback while I was on vacation. <laughs> so I was like, OK, and I spent the entire week thinking about that feedback. Oh, I'm sure. And it's one of those moments where I like questioned everything <laughs> I thought about myself and how I did my job and how I showed up. How you manage work with your emotions and the emotions of others really does say a lot about you. Oh, it absolutely does. I was talking with someone recently that um, it was potential date. And there was a lot of, of yes goes. But looking back on the conversation, I was like, they talked a lot about their anger. Mm -hmm. well, well, I've been through anger management. And I'm like, well, yeah. And what you're describing to me, that didn't solve the problem. You are still a very mm -hmm. angry person. We, we all know those angry. Per yeah. Lewis Black, one of my favorite comedians <laughs> out there. Uh, you know, his his whole spiel is <laughs> anger and, and the finger goes up. If you've seen uh, what was it, Inside Out that Pixar did, yeah, that was he great. was the angry emotion mm -hmm. uh, and it is totally his personality. Oh, 100%. 100%. He was perfect fit for that role. I, I don't think you could find no, a better person that's true. To, to embody anger. We've all been there. That, that was my pivot. So as I started going out, I started really thinking about, OK, how am I showing up? Mm -hmm. How am I presenting myself and what's. And I found that I started tailoring uh -huh. the way I communicated. It was still to get the job done, but I was trying to be a lot more conscious of, okay, do I understand what this other person is going through? Right. So having the empathy towards that person and, right. and pivoting to, okay, how, how can I work with them? How can I help them? And how mm -hmm. can I meet them halfway? Yeah. And kind of going back to what you were saying about kids in school and these feelings and sharing emotions and feelings, my kids were fortunate and my grandkids were fortunate enough to go to a charter school that is a, a famous author's <laughs> school. He sponsors it. And they have the 12 habits of highly effective students. Mm -hmm. And two of the habits really stick out to me and I think stuck out with the kids and continue to stick out with the kids. Um, begin with the end in mind. When I start something or start a conversation or start an an assignment or anything like that. What do I want the end result of this assignment to be? And they teach the kids this from kindergarten. And I find these kids can control their emotions a little bit better because of it. And then the other one is uh, think win-win. How can I make this a situation that wins for everybody? Those are some emotional intelligence things that these kids are being taught at a young age. And I think I wish more of us had been taught those things. I know it would have helped me. I know I would have been way more effective with communicating with people. The win-lose mentality. I, I remember reading The Seven Habits back when, it, like, <laughs> in, in high school, I was the nerd yeah. that had a Franklin Day Planner <laughs> as I, a high schooler. I had a Franklin Day Planner, and it, it is a Covey-sponsored school, and they do teach these kids some pretty effective methods for dealing with this, but they all equate it to emotional intelligence, mm -hmm. and they use that. You don't have the oh well. 
You you don't exactly. have the win lose. You yeah. don't have the well. If you win, I lose, and uh -huh. and that's that's truly what it is. How can we both get there? But if you have the win lose mentality, which is the mentality, it's the default mentality, in my opinion. I'd say it's been that way for years. Yeah, it's I, I have to win and. Me winning is the only thing that matters. Well, there can only be one winner and sorry, it's not going to be you kind of a mentality. And I think it has set us up to fail. Even social media has brought that out. It's like, well, no, I'm right. You're wrong. Think back to change to how I was showing up for work. I started to kind of change more how I dealt with relationships, be it friendships or, uh -huh. or partner meditation. I've alluded to this many times was truly my major where I consider my major jumping point. Uh huh. Where I didn't walk into a disagreement with a, I'm going to win. I don't care what it takes. I'm going to burn this place to the ground if I have to, to prove yeah, my point. I think we've all done that at some point. That really was initially the breathing exercises into a, how am I feeling? Why am I feeling this? We, yep. we talked with Chandler about we taking and, and unpacking things. It's It's a difficult thing to do. It is. I can tell the days where I'm just tired and uh -huh. I don't think about it. Yep. As you do it more, it becomes more second nature. You're, you're more inclined to do it even it when you're tired. It does. <laughs> How many of us have had that where we just snap back? Oh, you know, and I have to be really careful about that when working with teens. But there's been a couple of days where it's just I just snap back and it's like, oh, and I've learned how to, OK, you're tired today. You're grumpy about other things. Don't take it out on them. But it's not easy. Because that's how we have been for so long, it's very easy to slide back into those old habits. It absolutely we, is. We talked about that when we discussed habits, when we just building changes into yeah. our life. When you have those reactions, those violence, maybe not the best word, but when, when we have the immediate reactions, one term that Dan Goldman uses is amygdala hijack. Used big word again. What he means by that is... We plug into our amygdala, which is our base emotions uh -huh. of fight or flight. So the minute something is perceived as a threat. Yep. Physically. Emotionally. Emotionally. Symbolically. Oh, absolutely. Somebody has a disagreement with you. Yep. That very much will immediately pull on the amygdala and it's, I'm going to fight. Oh, it absolutely does. Or I'll just run away and I'm done. Yeah, I'm just not going to deal with it. Too bad. When we have those amygdala hijacked and our basic instincts are there, how many times have we said things that we are going to regret? Way more times than I can count or want to tell people. To me, it used to be a point of pride where it was like, ha ha, oh, that, look, that, look how much I torched you. That mic drop, boom, Now I'm more... I feel, I feel bad. It's like, nah, I don't want to do that. To some degree, I also feel embarrassment uh, uh, at, at being that person. Yep. Like, no, I'm not that person. Thinking back and I'm like, I now can use my cognitive abilities, uh -huh. my higher self, my higher being, uh -huh. my, my higher brain functions, I guess you'd <laughs> want to call it, on top of being strengthened by my mindfulness practice to really go, okay, A, do I truly need to react to this? You don't always need to. And that's the funny thing. People think they have to. There's a lot that I just, I'm like, you know, it's just not yeah, worth the effort. That's how I am. I just, uh. There's some that will chase after you and keep poking. Oh, and they absolutely will. I have had many People in my life like that. I used to be that person where it's like, nope, Me too. we're not finished yet. <laughs> Me too. By having the ability to go in and examine this, work towards that empathy, understand where others might be coming from. I find that people are more willing to talk with me. Mm -hmm. They are more likely to work with me on things and, and bridge sure. a divide. For sure. Social media interactions. Not even just those. Actually, most 
interactions I have these days. Over the last year and a half, a lot of it have had to be via electronic methods because we uh, weren't absolutely. in person. Weird to think, almost a year and a half of this, That's right? That's weird. I got to the point, especially when I was doing so much school last year, where they promoted shutting down notifications. Yeah. Yeah. One, to keep you focused because your sure. focus determines where you go. I have not really stopped doing that as much. And it's yeah. funny because it drives some people crazy. There's a lot of times I legitimately don't see things. Like me, unless me I'm too. actively on a device. Me too. I have a lot of folks that reach out and are like, well, you didn't answer me. And I'm like, well, I didn't see it. I've done that. Also <laughs> meetings. Yeah. When I'm in meetings, I very much try to not be on other devices so I can focus, especially on the meeting. Well, on the content of the meeting, which is why you're there. So. It's interesting to be on camera with people in meetings uh -huh. when you can tell just by observing them <laughs> or it, granted, sometimes they won't be on video because of whatever the situation they're in. And you can just hear uh -huh. they're not there. They're not vested in the meeting. And it's oh, almost like, then why can. are you even here? You absolutely can pick up on that very easily. Actually, I turn off those notifications. I am going out and setting aside time where I will go in and check things and respond as I can. Mm -hmm. Part of that is so I can build a better response. Yeah. And, and you've got a point that I was going to make with that. You're responding more honestly and focusing attention on the response versus just sending out something quick. Knee, knee jerk responses exactly. tend to not be as positive as, as they could be. I have to do that with my teens. I have hours that I'm just not available or text because my text messages literally go off all day long. And I actually have set up a notification thing in my phone that certain texts just don't get through certain times of the day. And I do that intentionally because I feel like I don't respond as positively to them. I get a little frustrated with them and I respond that way. If you haven't done this for your own, and I'm not even going to say phones, I'm going to say no, devices. Yeah. Well, it, I'm not just talking phones, but could be texts, it could be emails, it could be mm -hmm. direct messages. I know that when I just don't respond to things immediately and I kind of think through, mm -hmm. I, I heard Brene Brown say this once in one of her, she, she's got two podcasts. <laughs> yeah. I can't remember which one it was. And I can't, I can't remember the guest, but it was one of those aha moments for me is she shared where she talks with her husband and like, she'll get frustrated. She'll be kind of sharing and gushing mm -hmm. something. And that's not really the situation. And her husband stops her and is like, <laughs> what is the story you're telling yourself? Yeah. Yep. As humans, we, we have these thoughts, yep. whatever you want to call them, where we come back and we say, okay, this is the story. And we pre-build a narrative into the situation. Mm -hmm. Often it's not right. I, I shared the story where my boss would reach out to me and be like, hey, we, I need to talk to you. Let me know when you have time. And it was like, oh, God, what did I do wrong? That's, that is your first reaction when that happens. And it was most of the time it was, oh, hey, you're doing a great job. I just wanted to let you know I need you to work on this when you have time. Yeah. More often than not, that was... But the story that I would build myself is, oh, God, I started going through my day and what did I do wrong and how I am I going to get in trouble? Totally guilty of doing the same thing. As a child, I remember having that immediate knee-jerk <laughs> reaction. I was going to say, my husband will say, we need to talk when I get home. And I'll be like, what? What? Like, did I say something? Did I, you know, do something? And so I appreciate that information. Like, I'll be... Hey, I need to talk to you later. It's not a big deal. You haven't done anything. I just need to talk. If you do that, it really disarms people a little bit. It's being more thoughtful, considerate of what you're going to, to put somebody in because our own perceptions really do filter messages, experiences, mm -hmm. how it's all going to play out. And what we consider to be real in our yeah. own mind often is not the case 
for Absolutely. Others. We make up scenarios in our minds sometimes. If you get the chance, try that. What is the story? <laughs> what, what is the story you're telling yourself right now? I actually wrote that down on a note one day and kind of used it as a <laughs> memo to myself. And it was kind of funny how much I didn't have panic attacks when That's people would reach crazy. out to me. How that works. Because I do the same thing. A lot of us think kind of lions, tigers, mm-hmm. bears, oh my, they're coming <laughs> after me. Every scenario possible goes through your head. And when we hear somebody offer something, our typical knee-jerk reaction, we've said it before, I really encourage if you haven't tried meditation, you don't have to do mindfulness, mm-hmm. uh, which is what we do. There's Transcendental that uses oh, the yeah. uh, TM is what it's often called, where you use the mantras. A couple different breathing exercises that uh-huh. are very much based on it. The Navy SEALs, I think it's called <laughs> the 444 method. Okay, sounds familiar. There's there's a lot of different methodologies that you can use to help. I have great sympathy for, say, law enforcement officers mm, Oh yeah. that have had a very difficult year. We, we've all had a difficult year, but especially for law enforcement. Oh yeah, it's been difficult. I don't know that most people realize or think about what is the expectation we have of law enforcement? Mm-hmm. Somebody that they're interacting with should be able to act however they want. And that cop's got to remain cool, level-headed. <laughs> I dare any of you to be like that during the day. I don't know that I could do that, John. I don't know if I could either. I have a strong appreciation for them. Mm-hmm. Paramedics, the medical field, or firefighters. Yep. Where in absolute chaos. Yep. Have to remain calm. Collected. Collected. Communicate well. Yep. Not let the emotions get the better of them. I think I can do good in some environments. Mm -hmm. I had people that go out on, say, an install with me. First time I went out on an install doing software where you're the instrument of change and people Uh are just freaking out. I was like, screw this. I don't think I want to do this. I'm out. Now I walk into it and it's like, okay, what what do you want to get out there? Okay, explain to me why you're thinking this. And maybe there is truth to it. Maybe there's not. When it comes to politics, scorched earth. Well, and politics tends to go to that win-lose situation. One side's right, one side's wrong. There's never that middle ground, and that becomes really hostile really quick. That's where that change change in thinking's got to happen. People who are supposed to be representative of you Mm -hmm. become so polarized that it's either their way or you're wrong. Oh, yeah, absolutely, and it's hard. As as human beings, I think we are geared more towards compromise Mm -hmm. when we approach it from a little bit more emotional intelligent and stable and and that's just it you have to have that emotional intelligence in place be able to respond like that also seeking probably heard that phrase you know seek to understand before being understood that is actually part of 12 habits of effective students that they did that's another one of theirs seeking understanding it's it's tough it is a tough habit to build and practice into Mm -hmm. your life one that i think we could all do a little bit more with and yeah You know, just because you would respond to a situation one way doesn't mean their response is wrong. They have a reason for their response and understanding and knowing that really can help with that. So I would encourage, especially when you get something where you're just going (laughs) to push back or or you're going to have a more volatile reaction, pausing, rereading. Rereading. And I'm going to say a little reflection. Like I find that this this is reflection thing that that I've done in the past and I actually kind of forgotten about. But you uh, sit and reflect or you start your day. What are my emotional strengths? How does my current mood affect my thoughts and decision-making? What's going on under the surface that influence what the other person is saying or doing? We don't always know, but understanding that there's probably something influencing that really helps too. Think about when you're at work mm-hmm. and you're dealing with a coworker or especially even a manager. Crucial conversations happen all the time. 
Yeah. How often fuels feeling, and, and there's a term I've heard a lot, especially over the last year, psychologically safe. Uh-huh. Digging into employee engagement, uh, employee culture, mm-hmm. work culture stuff. We tend to put our best selves forward. We show up, my, one of my favorite phrases anymore. <laughs> we, we tend to show up more and do more and be willing to put up with more when we feel safe. Yeah, and well, that's when I true. When I think about psychological safety, mm-hmm. where I'm at right now in work, when I can go into a meeting and be like, hey, these are some thoughts I'm having this is what I'm seeing. Tell me your view. Tell, t- am I right in this? Am I wrong in this? And how much more productive and valid? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I just had my first meeting where I came in and said, okay, this is what I've observed over the last six weeks going through this new hire program. Uh-huh. These are the things that did well. These are the tweaks that I would make to try and make it more effective. Yeah, but I feel like that can be applied in everyday life too. Oh, anything in life. One of the hardest things to do, and it's something that I've tried to ingrain in my own habits what's going well uh-huh. and then how can we make it better uh-huh. that that manager that gave me the feedback about you're too abrasive yeah we were having a meeting and it was we were having some serious customer opinion issues and he's like okay we need to figure out better ways to do this uh-huh. human nature kicked in <laughs> and all we wanted to do was say this 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 is wrong yep and make That's these huge natural. lists okay well great you did that but what's the other half of that? Exactly. Providing a solution. <laughs> I heard him say it time and time again, and I've really tried to embed it. I don't always follow it, and I need to follow it more. It's okay if you want to offer a problem, mm-hmm. but come at me with a solution too. Yeah, and which is kind of what I was saying with the teens. Kate, you come to me with this problem. You don't want to work every holiday. Everyone feels the same. So what's your solution? Help me find a solution. And she still hasn't come back and talked to me about it. There's many <laughs> that, that do that. I, I think we're ingrained as a society mm-hmm. almost to, well, this is the problem. But I don't know how to solve it. So you solve it for me. And then I offer a solution. Nope, that's. Yeah, exactly. Okay, then what is <laughs> your solution? And being able to bridge well, that and it, gap. I think it helps them in the long run because they learn that if I've got a problem, I also have to think of what I would do to fix that problem. Starts that critical thinking that they need to kind of help. And critical thinking. Uh, is such a tough thing to do. But once you start thinking that way and, and thinking easier. more solution thinking, it does get easier. It makes life easier for everybody. It does. It gets really much better. Anything else you can think to touch on? Um, No, I think we did pretty good. I think that's what we wanted to cover. So with emotional intelligence, Dan Goleman, G-O-L-E-M-A-N. Yep. If you get a chance, go check out podcast he's on or his TED Talk yep. or even the book I'll, is is super, super good. I'll throw some links up. A lot of other authors. Oh, there's some good I, ones out there. Yeah. Once you put in emotional you'll be amazed at how much <laughs> you you pull up but go through i would encourage you as, as a weekly challenge think about your thoughts mm-hmm. how you show up are you having typical knee-jerk reactions yeah what what's going on in your day that's making you respond the way you're responding maybe there's something going on in the back of your head that you didn't realize was really infecting your day and are there ways that you can take, be it meditation or breathing mm-hmm. practices, even saying, okay, using that Brene Brown, like, <laughs> yeah. what's the story here? Exactly. What, what is the story you're telling yourself? Learning to understand those things in others, I think will make your life so much better and yeah. so much more oh, successful. Absolutely. absolutely. This really is just kind of the tip of the iceberg yep. of emotions. We've got a lot more topics. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We coming <laughs> up. That's like almost the entire wall we right now. We both looked up at the board. Yeah. We're going to be talking a lot more about emotions and emotion mm-hmm. responses. We're, we're going to kind of drill into some of these steps a little bit more. Sure. This is kind of our, our primer. Yep. 
on where we're heading for the next little bit. Yep. If you get a chance, be sure that if you aren't already, follow us on either Facebook or Instagram and let us know what are ways that you either need to improve or that work for you successfully in managing your emotional states. Yeah, that's perfect. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram. Really are the best places. We're, we're in a few others, but uh, that, the interactions are, the are pretty places. low. So yeah. those are the best places to find us. Be sure that you subscribe on whatever your podcasting platform is. And if this helps you, be sure that you're sharing it with others. Yeah, we'd love that. Thank you. Thank you so much and have a great week, everyone. Have a good week.